hear it at all? You can't hear the music. listening to KDNK's public affairs program for land's sake. I'm your host, Bill Kite, and today our guests are Susan Stevens, Executive Director of the Aspen Valley Land Trust, and Brian Hightower, who coordinates educational programming and management of the Chapin Wright Marble Base Camp property. Welcome, Susan and, uh, and Brian. There, now we go. I knew I'd make a mistake, so that's over with. So, uh, Suzanne, it's been a year and a half, almost a year and a half, since we last had you on for land's sake, and a lot's happened since then that we'll try and catch up on with you and Brian. So last year we talked about the fact that your website has some pretty important stuff on it, and uh, though we love these places that you've uh, set aside with conservation easements, they are changing, and, and while their value to the region is unmatched, nature and open lands are under severe threat and face an uncertain future. And uh, after we went through that last year, uh, we also mentioned that some of the most important challenges lie ahead with community health and the character of our communities. Is AVLT making any progress on these issues? We got it all solved. That's the good news. <laughs> all right, good, good. That's... Uh, I, in in all honesty, yeah. A year ago, we had just completed purchasing the Kaufman Ranch uh, for the purpose of sort of addressing a, a few of those issues all in one, um, and then we also worked on completing a strategic conservation plan, who which is really as identified. Um, where we want to go with conservation in the next 10 years. And clearly there's some, some huge challenges, uh, and we are aiming to double our conserved acreage in the next 10 years. Um, and we, so we're looking on the, on the wide landscape scale about how to connect habitat, how to protect agricultural corridors, um, as well as on the community level, how do you protect the character of community and community health um, and make sure that conservation is inclusive and welcoming to all of our community members. So um, buying Kaufman Ranch was really a, a big step in the right direction toward the community aspect. And, of course, it's also got incredible habitat benefits um, on three-quarters of a mile of river just outside of Carbondale. Um, but it's such an amazing opportunity to bring people to the land and get a chance to really show them what a working ranch is all about, um, what agriculture can be going into the future, how to maintain wildlife and agriculture together, um, and how to really provide a resource for folks who may not own or have access to to this kind of land um, themselves. So. Um, I'll leave it there as a kind of an intro to, to the multi-pronged approach that we're trying to take to to community and environmental health broadly throughout the region and uh, and turn it over there. And I'd also say that since we did buy um, Kaufman Ranch, Brian has expanded in his role and he is now 
um, our education and ranch manager uh, at Kaufman Ranch and, of course, still runs uh, the programs is and is in charge of um, our Chapin Wright Marble Base Camp property. So that's a lot of responsibility there, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's a uh, it's a pretty big job description, but uh, yeah, every day is different. That's the beauty of uh, of living with the land and on the land as well. I was just looking at the map of Kaufman Ranch, and there's just so much that's there. Uh, that uh, it's it's amazing that you guys were able to purchase it and that everything worked out like it did and to be able to double the properties, boy, that's that's a big that's a big uh, a big goal that you have there and and I'm I'm hoping that you do match it. So Brian, tell us a little bit about uh, the Chapin Wright Marble Base Camp property and what your job is also with with Kaufman Ranch. Just sort of let us know what it's like to to be in your shoes. Uh, what's different about the two properties? One, uh, you know, the Marble Base Camp is up at around 9,500 feet. It's uh, uh, way up on Daniels Hill before the North Fork of the Lost Trail Creek um, as you kind of scoot around the Lead King Loop. Um, Kaufman Ranch, obviously, down here um, at the valley bottom and, and uh, diff- different topography and, and different sort of landscape. But, you know, going back to something you said about how um, our lands are um, somewhat endangered, um, my job, one of my jobs is really um, to try to, to create a bridge with the community, especially with, with uh, the school-age kids. Our, we believe pretty strongly that in order to save land, in order to protect land, first you have to love land. And... Um, the only way to love land is to experience it and all the benefits that nature provides. And so that's one of the things that we've really gotten heavily involved in this year at Marble Base Camp. Uh, between the end of August and the beginning of October, we had uh, around 300 students and faculty from four different counties who spent at least two nights up there um, and, uh, and and one group as long as four nights and, and just being able to be connected to nature to be connected to a landscape, to wake up in the morning with a little frost on the tent, um, and to see, you know, mountain peaks, um, and to be unplugged from all the devices that, that now sort of, uh, are, are so ubiquitous in, in the, um, human story. And, um, so that was a great success for us. And, and that, uh, kind of was our real, our first ambassador property, uh, and then Kaufman offers the same opportunity, a, a little bit uh, different in terms of um, you know, what it offers, but the, the same elements are true. You have, as Suzanne mentioned, three quarters of a mile of the Roaring Fork River. You have lots of transition zones between uh, riparian areas and the, the riverfront and then agricultural land and then the human environment. And it's a way to kind of prove this concept that if we take care of, of a piece of land, then it can, can serve many purposes at the same time. But ultimately, to go back to what I said at the beginning, is, is that we want people to love land and, and, and to understand how diverse um, the, the roles that a landscape can provide. Right. And, and so many you talked to earlier, Suzanne, about, um, you know, landscape. Uh, and, and also, when you're dealing with a piece of property, at least here, you're dealing with just one county. You're not dealing, you know, with a lot of different counties like some of the landscapes that uh, that you you know about and we know about and love. And I guess, too, that the thing about Kaufman Ranch is you can bring people there and show them exactly what you're doing. You've had some 
uh, events there before to, to introduce people to it and to what you're doing. You had a, a showing of a movie not long ago. Uh, what was that? What movie was that? I've forgotten now. We did. We showed uh, Kiss the Ground, which is a, a fantastic movie about regenerative agriculture and how it can connect to you know being a, a piece of the climate solution, um, as well as really helping to address a lot of the issues within our communities and how to kind of bring it back home and relocalize and really um, dig in, so to speak. Pardon the pun. Um, but yeah, we, we've done quite a bit of community engagement activities at the ranch this year. We had, uh, CSU came out and did a three day bio blitz, which is just an inventory of all the biodiversity on the property. And that involved, uh, multiple, um, grad students and, uh, CSU staff, as well as local ecologists and, and scientists. That was really exciting and fun for all of us. We did some uh, volunteer days. We had Roaring Fork Outdoor Volunteers uh, lead a really fun work day in September where we started to put in a part of the public access trail that will eventually head out to the river. Um, and yeah, what else did we do out there, Brian? You would know. We had some, uh, one of the most interesting things to me was uh, the CNHP, the Colorado Natural Heritage Program, uh, installed some acoustic monitors out there uh, in advance of the BioBlitz and was able to inventory what they thought was between 12 or 13 bat species. Now, there's only 15 of them that um, are in Colorado, and so we have uh, this incredible uh, diversity of bats out there, which I haven't seen a whole lot of bats. Uh, it's, you know, they're they're hard to find sometimes, but... Um, uh, that that's it's just a nod to how much diversity is out there, and and uh, for sure, and sometimes how how you know even the things that you can't see, it's it's incredible that they're there. And, but there is one difference between the Mar- uh, Marble Base Camp and and Kaufman Ranch, and that's the amount of snow you get, isn't it? I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're not doing any winter activities up there at this time, are you? At the well, it's uh, you know, I'm still lucky enough to to uh, part of my job description is to make sure the deck is shoveled off, and so. Um, you know, I'll put my skins on and go up there and make sure that, uh, you know, nothing's, uh, you know, nothing's broken and that the deck gets shoveled off. And, um, but yeah, it's, it gets pretty quiet up there during the winter time. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's a beautiful time, but it's really hard for a group of kids to have the wherewithal to, um, to trod through feet of snow and then be comfortable in, in the outdoors. For sure. What about on the Kaufman Ranch? Tell us a little bit about some of the chores you do there that people don't see to keep things going. Well, the um, I think some of the successes from the last year uh, is that we got a grant from the um, Colorado Parks and Wildlife um, to put in wildlife-friendly fencing. And so um, normally there's uh, – if – wildlife is crossing a fence they either try to go under it and if it's a barbed wire they can get caught under that barb or um they don't maybe they don't see the top wire and so they're um they get they get trapped uh sometimes and it creates uh kind of um some dangerous traffic scenarios where if there is one gap that they keep going to it creates a hazard for uh um for roadkill and um so Part of the summer was devoted towards putting that fence in. If you go down Catherine Store Road and you see Kaufman Ranch and you see a white vinyl-covered wire on the top of of uh, a ranch fence, that's what we've done. And then the other thing we've done is to change our grazing practice a little bit. Um, we're trying to use the cows more to, uh, um, to help regenerate the land, uh, to increase the soil organic matter. 
Um, we didn't hay this year. We wanted to leave the nutrients in the soil. And so a lot of the things that we're doing, they don't necessarily seem um, as glamorous and, and they're uh, harder to pick up. Uh, but we started to move the needle a little bit on uh, on what we want the ranch to be. Um, there's a, a little construction project that we have going on, uh, a house that was moved from the Jerbaz Ranch to the Kaufman Ranch that was built in 1948. And we decided as an organization to try to save it. So um, we're refurbishing that and um, and then just um, looking forward to uh, continuing the, the growth process there, which is to try to figure out um, what's what's stable enough to keep in the ground and and erect and then uh, the things that we can salvage wood from and, and maybe create other projects with um, elsewhere. But uh, yeah, there's a ton of work. It's been going, uh, you know, that ranch has been, um, it, it's, you know, it's before the the uh, turn of the last century, uh, the, the ditches were built in, in 1888. Wow. Um, and I think based on my work on the fence, I think the fence was probably put in around the same year <laughs> right. uh, originally. But um, yeah, lots of stuff going on out there. And, and um, uh, we've had a lot of, of school groups come out and check the place out. And it's a wonderful place to just kind of congregate and listen to the water run down the river and um, and just be. Just be uh, that's uh, just being a nonprofit though a lot of people don't see behind the scenes the the grant writing that's that's the important thing you have to do that doesn't always um it's not really romantic or sexy, but it's something that has to be done and you you do it in the hopes that you get the grant, but you never know until until you get word whether you got it or not and that's something I know you you spend time with it's you'd rather be outside uh probably i I know I would be. It's spoken like a nonprofit executive director who's written a few grants there, Bill. Exactly. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fundraising is ongoing. We we have fully paid off the ranch, and we do own it debt free now, which is great because we did have to purchase it with uh, with a loan, um, and a lot of that came through grant funding. So we're super grateful to um, all the entities that put in big chunks of money, like. GoCo, Great Outdoors Colorado, um, which is comes from lottery funds, right. um, as well as Garfield County and Pickin County and the town of Carbondale. Uh, so we've had we've had a lot of great support, and but we have we still have a long way to go in order to really meet our goals and turn this into kind of what we call a community conservancy or um, you know homestead for conservation, where eventually we'll be able to have. Uh, an office presence out there and have, uh, you know, some classroom space where groups can come and gather under shelter and have access to restrooms and parking and uh, and other amenities, you know, maybe a kitchen where we can do some agricultural processing and uh, and cooking as well. So there's a, there's a lot to do. We're in the midst of a master planning process right now. Uh, that's really envisioning, you know, how do we balance caring for this ranch and protecting the wildlife and all the values that make this so special um, with making it a community amenity? And and that's not as easy as you'd think. You know, I guess it's a challenge, but it's been it's been a really good process for us to to just work through it and and get to know the ranch while we're doing it and make adjustments as we learn more and more about what makes sense out there and what what doesn't um but yeah we will need you know the goal of opening up public access hopefully by 2024 
um, is going to be all fundraising contingent. So because it, you know, it will take some staff resources to manage that and to implement it. And so we we're, we're still going on on the grants and and uh, donations for sure. Well, you've always amazed me, Aspen Valley Land Trust and your staff. Uh, the, it's amazing to me the things you've accomplished. And so good luck in the future. And I know uh, I know you're, you'll be doing well. So uh, keep at it is all I can say. You're listening to KDNK's Public Affairs Program for Land's Sake. I'm Bill Kite, your host. And today we're talking with Suzanne Stevens, Executive Director of Aspen Valley Land Trust. And also we're talking with a staff member from the AVLT group, that's Brian Hightower, who takes care of both Chapin Wright uh, Marble Base Camp and uh, Kaufman Ranch. Uh, basically, you talked about a plan, and it takes a plan to, to make something happen or else you, you end up doing what you didn't plan for and, and a lot of surprises. So you have a strategic conservation plan that you have uh, also uh, authored or are, are authoring. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, this has been several years in the works and involved uh, a lot of um, learning. And and it started with a community engagement process and some interviews, focus groups, um, public meetings, surveys, as well as some targeted interviews um, with people who maybe didn't show up at those meetings. And after three years, we came up with um, an organizational plan for how we want to move forward. And then more specifically, what do we want to conserve and why and what are our priorities with conservation? How do we avoid what we like to call random acts of conservation and sort of uh, really make sure we're being strategic because time is of the essence. Resources are of the essence. We're really fortunate in Colorado to have a very generous uh, tax credit incentive for voluntary conservation easements. It's the best in the country. Um, and since that has been increased uh, as of last year, we've gotten so much more interest from landowners about, yeah, maybe this is something that's feasible, that I could actually conserve my land um, and not go broke doing it. So um, mind you, there is always a donation component, and it's, you know, it's not a get-rich-quick scheme, but um, conservation can work for the bottom line, and it can actually help keep land in the family and in the ranching tradition. Um, often it's the only way to do that. We've had uh, ranchers come up to us in the past and say, you know, uh, what you did saved my ranch. And um, so we didn't do anything. They they did it. They made the decision. We helped them execute the vision. Um, but it, this is pivotal, and it's it's not just about ranch conservation either, although um, a lot of wildlife habitat conservation happens because of ranch land conservation. They go hand in hand. Um, But again, to be able to buy land, which is something we don't normally do, um, takes strategy, it takes funding, it takes resources. So we went and sat down with every municipality, town, county, um, government uh, land management agencies like Parks and Wildlife, and just talked about, okay, what matters most to each community? Um, how do we make sure that our efforts are not impeding your efforts as a community? We don't want conservation to be the enemy of affordable housing. I don't think it is. Um, and that's a, that's a false choice. Um, but the reality is we have to be really smart. And we need to have 
great communication with our local communities so that we understand what their priorities are and and vice versa. Um, so that process has been amazing. And um, a lot of great um, projects have actually come out of it where we've had towns say to us, yeah, we really want to protect the buffers around our community, the open space or, or ranching buffers, because they're so key to um, the character of the community. And so how can we, you know, how can we help? <laughs> and, uh, and they've also told us places where sometimes you just, you need a little park or you need some infrastructure, uh, some green infrastructure, as we call it, um, trail connections or access to rivers or um, community gardens. So there's a lot of different ways that conservation can fit into the big scheme of things um, on both the large landscape scale and just that small community scale. And all of that takes a lot of collaboration, and collaboration is uh, is not easy. It, it, but once you start it, you bring the right people to the table, and then a lot of amazing things happen, don't they? Yeah. And then yeah. narrowing down from that overall picture, um, the con- a strategic conservation plan, that uh, Kaufman master plan you talked about earlier, uh, you're planning on rolling it out to the public in the next two years. Is that correct? The um, public access will hopefully open in the next two years. The master plan is in process right now, and we are, um, I think, as we start to get it to a place where we can um, bring the the community into that process and get feedback, and um, we did have some opportunities this summer for folks to feedback on it, and I think that'll be ongoing probably for um, into next year as well. So. We're we're kind of interested in you know are we achieving what we set out to achieve? Does this feel right to you? Um, particularly for the other nonprofit groups that we're hoping to partner with to bring programming to this property, you know what what is it that you would need to be able to get kids out here? Um, what's important? How do you how can we create a safe, welcoming place um, that's not sterilized or scrubbed of all its character, but that is, um, really engaging and, and vibrant. And, um, you know, a lot of it's just not messing with it too much as Brian would say, <laughs> Right. <laughs> but, but, you know, there's definitely some things that the, that the ranch is going to need in order to, uh, to roll it out to the public. Um, and so that's all, that's all in the, in the, uh, I guess the larger strategic plan of what, staff has been busy with is all right let's get this master plan down and let's get some feedback and then let's start figuring out how to make it happen all right and yeah. since we only talk with you about once a year uh, you need to go to the uh, website of aspen valley land trust especially when they enter their capital campaign so you can see exactly how you can contribute to all this and um, brian to get back to you a little bit um, what are you really looking forward to uh, looking into the crystal ball in the future that excites you about uh, doing your job? Well, you know, it's it's hard to talk about Kaufman Ranch without thinking about Rex and Joanne Kaufman. Um, and they got here in the late 50s, and uh, uh, they're wintering right now in Arizona and, and, and just wonderful people. And, um, you know, one of their priorities um, after – talking to Suzanne was to make sure that the, that the ranch stayed in agriculture. And, um, so I I just, um, I'm really motivated by, um, uh, all the opportunities that we have to be able to have the community, especially, um, you know, my wheelhouse is, 
is um, with with school age groups and and to have them understand uh, elements of uh, soil health and what it means to a community to have healthy soil. Um, you know, there's a larger picture about carbon sequestration that that is tied to uh, soil health, uh, and it's just a, a a bit of a uh, just a kind of a benefit from doing things the right way. But um, some of those boots on the ground things about um, about the diversity of grasses in a pasture, about the health of the animals. Um, w- part of our vision is is um, to to try to really um, get in involved somehow into the um, the food landscape uh, here in the valley and um, that'll take some infrastructure to to do but um, there's a lot of really exciting opportunities um, and, and really as, as Suzanne was was kind of uh, mentioning for striking that balance between um, really honoring the historic legacy of the ranch uh, in terms of how we grow um, and then being able to um, to balance that with um, how we interface with the community and and the things that we can provide there, um, it's just kind of a blank slate right now. And um, I think f- for those reasons, I'm I'm excited about it. And I think we're all pretty much on the same page about um, about what our ultimate goals are, and that is the health of that landscape, um, keeping it in agriculture, um, protecting the wildlife corridors. Uh, and then uh, allowing the community really to participate and to learn uh, about all those elements, um, you know, kind of at once. So uh, th- there's a lot to do, uh, and there's a lot that would will be going on at the same time. And, and uh, to find that balance is going to be um, probably will extend beyond the the life of, of uh, my role at AVLT. But, <laughs> right. um, but yeah, I mean, Mine it's uh, it's... I'm just feel I'm thrilled. I you know I get to um, I get to go to work on a ranch every day and right. um, be outside a lot, and um, I don't have to uh, do too much in the sexy nature of the the grant writing s- stuff. Um, so um, <laughs> we can yeah. fix that for yeah, you. Brian. Yeah, I my uh, I just got hand cramps thinking about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it does. I. I have had other guests uh, here uh, on the show that do regenerative regenerative. I, I have a hard time with that word. You're agriculture. So yep. Because you you have to take the piece of land you have and you have to see where it's been and work with it really hard. I think, from what I understand, to bring it to where it should be. Yeah, it's a. I mean, there's. It takes time. You know, there's. Um, uh, it takes years to build your soil profile. Uh, increase your soil organic matter, which, you know, has, um, you know, amazing ancillary benefits um, to all the microbiome that's in the soil. And then the all of the, um, I guess, the all the way out from the microinvertebrates to the, um, you know, to the megafauna that's out there. It's uh, but it takes time. So, I mean, regenerative agriculture is a wonderful concept. And, um, uh, yeah, it just starts with, uh, you know trying to be consistent with some values that you have and learning as much as you can about soil and then uh and then having some patience patience yeah that's if you're going to work the land it's going to have to be patience that you you need isn't it yeah for sure well you know we're getting close to the end here and in the next uh, last few minutes 
what would you like to say to us, Suzanne, about um, if you had all the money in the world, if you had everything you needed at your disposal, what would be the first thing you would do um, there with your Aspen Valley Land Trust? Uh, broadly? Broadly, yes. Yeah, I would hire three more staff people so that we could respond to all the interests that we're getting about new conservation and go out and really actively work in um, communities from, you know, we are we have a, a geographically limiting name, but our, our actual service area runs from Aspen all the way to Debec, and uh, I, about half our conserved land is in the Colorado River Valley, and, and there's so much uh, need and potential the there, and um, that's where really most of the, the viable working ag is still going on. So I'd say let's let's ramp up, let's do more, let's go big, um, let's get Kaufman built out so that it can really be a place to, to learn about agriculture and conservation and get people out so they can, you know, it's, it's always better to have a conversation outside on the land than it is in a conference room um, or over, uh, you know, some fluorescent lit screen. So I'd say Song project. For us, now is a huge time of growth, and we've got about a 10-year window to make it all happen, so that's what I'm focused on. All right, you heard it directly from Suzanne Stevens, the executive director of Aspen Valley Land Trust. You've been listening to KDNK's For Land's Sake program next time on Monday, December 12th. This is Layla Falden, co-host of Morning Edition, a really easy way to support the station. Donate a car you don't need anymore. It's free to you and could be worth hundreds of dollars in support. Thanks. Do donate your car or a truck.